What's up, everybody? It's Justin Soderberg here, the Main State of Mind podcast. Today's guest is Mike Riley from 98.5 The Sports Sub, as well as a public address announcer for both the uh, New England Revolution and the MLS, and does marketing PA announcing for the New England Patriots of the New England uh, NFL, uh, as well as some other various things he does around the around the New England for sports. Uh, he has got a great uh, voice for voiceovers and for public address announcing, and that's why he does it. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, Sarge, as he's also known by, and I used to work together when we were at the spinners. He did the public address announcing for the Lowell spinners, the, uh, uh small, um, team in Lowell, Massachusetts. That was the minor league affiliate of the Boston Red Sox. Um, so we talked a little bit about that, talked a little bit about just various sports things, uh, fun things about being in, in, in the media, uh, in sports media, uh, as well as various other topics, but so happy that, uh, that Mike was able to join us today and talk. Uh, he's also a pro, re- pro wrestling fan and loves to cover pro wrestling. So we talked a little bit about that. Um, but yeah, Mike's a great guy. We go back a little ways. It was a great conversation. Um, he'll be back on at some point in the future, but episode 46, he decided to come on and talk to me, uh, this week, please like subscribe, follow us on all the social media platforms on Apple podcasts, Spotify on YouTube, visit our website, the mindcom We love hearing from you guys. We'd love the support. We'd love the respect. So here's episode 46 with Mike Sarge Riley of 98.5 The Sports Sub and PA Announcing Um, coming at you right now. Thanks, everybody. How's it going, Mike? Hey, I'm great, Justin. Thanks for having me here today. How are you? I'm doing excellent, man. You know, great. Uh, you know, this release is on a Wednesday, but great uh, hockey game this weekend too, huh? UMass uh, winning the championship. Yeah, and you know what? I'm really happy that they did win because a couple of years ago when they went to the national title, um, you know, they fell short, and it's always nice to see someone from Hockey East to win there. I mean, you had three Minnesota teams in the Frozen Four, so <laughs> <laughs> the odds of them winning were pretty high. Uh, but here's little old UMass right there, a state yeah. school. So congratulations, Minutemen. Can't go yeah. wrong there. Good Absolutely. I mean, it was a happy, you know, happy, sad moment. Happy like to me because, you know, being a UMass Lowell fan, obviously would have right. rather see that Lowell part on the end of their name. Um, right. But when you go down to it and you see the championship and there's a hockey school and you always root for that hockey school uh, and, and to see someone win their first ever was like was, was really cool. I was working uh, my day job at Orner Brewing Company uh, when, and had it on the TV and I was watching it as I'm going and I'm like that. This, this is not even a game. Yeah, it was a blowout. They, just, it they was, handed it was them the game. Yeah, so yeah. it was cool. I mean, so Mike and I know each other from for a number of years now from sports, really. I mean, we met each other uh, when I was covering UMass Lowell and I was covering the Spinners. Yep. Uh, it, but it started at the Spinners, really. But uh, right. Mike likes to talk for a living. Um, he likes to talk a lot, which is a cool because I like to talk a lot, too. Um, <laughs> but now he can actually get paid for it. So <laughs> mm-hmm. that's the benefit of it, too, is that getting paid to talk is pretty sweet, huh? That's it. You know, and you follow your passion and you, you have that drive to do something there and parlay it into a little lucrative deal. It's not a bad thing at all, Justin. You really get to love what you do. And that's the most important thing here. You know, you don't work a day in your life if you love your job. Isn't that the saying? Something along it, those lines. You couldn't have said it better. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like I was just talking to you about it. I was up until, uh, let's see, probably about two this morning um because i had a uh, wrestlemania and we had to cover that that was a whole weekend event <clears throat> excuse me that was a whole weekend event uh with wrestlemania and 
it was a two night affair. We had a post show up until two. You just, and, and like, I'm thinking to myself yesterday, how am I not exhausted? But I just had that drive mm. in me to do it. And also like that adrenaline, like to keep going. It was so much fun. I know I'm going to crash at like seven o'clock tonight, but uh, <laughs> it was just, yeah, you, you, I love what I do. And I'm actually getting ready to bang out another podcast after this for uh, uh, the sports station, 985 the sports have been a little bit. It's funny too, because I always said that if someone asked me something like they're talking about sports games and stuff like that. I'm like, have you ever been a uh, a writer or a journalist or some sort of media member for either a doubleheader baseball game, <laughs> or yeah. uh, when I covered the UFC once or twice, it was it was like that's a that's an endeavor. Like you, you show up at the UFC events at like two o'clock in the afternoon to get some pre stuff done, set up your spot on the media row, and you yeah. watch all the fights, and then the the pros press conferences are at like one, two o'clock in the morning. Then you got to get back to the hotel. I'm like, that's an endeavor. Like, that's not like, that's oh, not sure. Simple, like show up yeah. on the time of one fight. And, you know, if someone buys the pay-per-view, they're watching that one fight or whatever at the end of the night. No, I've been there since two o'clock in the morning. I was there for 12 hours covering, covering these things. So yeah. yes, it is tiring, but I feel like there's this adrenaline that gets you going. And then yeah. once you get back to your hotel room or your, your house or your apartment, then you just crash. <laughs> Where, where'd you cover UFC, by the way? I'm kind of I curious. covered uh, two at the Garden, uh, and then two, one in Bangor. Uh, oh, cool. When they when when because Dana White's from Herman or like spent some time in Herman, Maine, right, uh, which is right outside Bangor, and so he brought a card up here a couple of years ago. Um, and That's so cool. So they did it at the because they had just renovated the Cross Insurance Arena in Bangor. Okay. Uh, which right now is actually a, a COVID vaccination site. Oh, um, yeah. But right, then. but but back back then it was the smallest. It might have been the smallest. Since they were like a like a Zufa like big car, like obviously they did original cards were very very small sure. way back in the day. But right. you're talking it must have been 20 years since it did a, a, a arena this small. Like there was like, I want to say like less than 6,000 people there. Yeah, but you know uh, what? Those are the best ones for something like that UFC and also even for wrestling all the time. Like mm -hmm. I'd love going to you know uh, the Songus or yep. uh, uh, even Providence Civic Center in Worcester Centrum, DC. Mm -hmm. Those small ones for. Uh, a UFC wrestling, it's the best because you're right on top of the action. The acoustics in the building is fan are fantastic. And it, it's just the sight lines too. That's the yep. best part. It's unbelievable. So that, that sounds like a great show. It was, it was, it was fun too. Cause I, we always say we're lucky in the media when we were in media. So you're still in there. I have stepped away. Uh, and, and now in the beer industry, I do this on the side, but like the, the, when you're sitting on the sidelines of some sporting event, sometimes you get you know, the ninth floor at the garden is a cool view. Yes. Far away. Like it you're is. not involved in the game at all. Like you're not right up on the glass no. and all that stuff. Um, when you're covering hockey at like a college hockey arena, you're not again up on the glass. You're a little further away, still good views and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but like when you're covering or like the Patriots, for an example, you're far away and there's no, yeah. you're not it's right up against these things, but on the UFC, you're, next to really is someone who paid thousands of dollars for their ticket. <laughs> like you you're right there. right there. Like you mm -hmm. can touch the, almost touch the uh, octagon. Uh, and so that's the, one of the coolest things I will say about those fights is that I did three of them <laughs> and I could have three times that I would never have been able to afford a ticket <laughs> sit that close. <laughs> and it was just one of the best experiences of my life. Uh, the only one I say is more close and intimate is PGA tour. Oh yeah, because you're, you're like right, right there. Right there. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. If you have the ropes pass or yeah, yep. and, and the weird thing too with golf, I mean, okay, so from being on in the radio side of things, or or reporting for television, whatever, if you're there for golf, you usually, um, you know, radio especially, you have to do it as it's going on, play by mm -hmm. play. You got to wait 
until after it's done or, or even let me rephrase that there. Let me rephrase that for golf. You have to do it so darn quietly while the ball is going in there. I've seen these guys do it while, while the, the, the balls on the green or whatever, the golf ball is, is being shot there. Television, you have the gift of a picture. Yeah. Radio, it's like super whispering and so forth. It's bizarre, but it's just really, you know, it's so cool to have that ropes pass. You're right there with the guys and it, it's it's really amazing. And yeah, some of the best things in the world to uh, see that right there, to uh, be front row and center with them the whole time, 18 holes uh, for four days straight. It's pretty darn awesome. I did two golf events uh, uh, and I did. So thinking back on it, I always talk to people and I can't wait to just, like tell people in the future about all of the experiences I've gotten in sport, sports media uh, yep. over the years. And, and one of the things that some people always ask me, why did you step away? Um, you know, I do miss that, you know, being there, but I moved, moved to Maine and there's one really opportunity in Maine to cover is UMass, uh, you Maine hockey. That's oh, yeah. about it. Everything else I have to travel a significant dip- distance to get to. So this, yep. at, at this point, whenever I would like cover, I don't know, at Amherst, UMass, uh, Minuteman hockey game, that right. was a, a commitment to go to. Uh, sure. every game <laughs> that wasn't a UMaine home game would have been a commitment to go to. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to go into the beer industry. I'm going to step away from the media department, like media and, and just watch it. But I did realize that when you step away from it, you don't watch as many sports anymore. <laughs> no, you don't. It's true. And yeah. It's sad. So like, I was like talking, yeah. I talked to um, some people and like, I talked to Mike McMahon recently on here mm-hmm. uh, from college hockey news and his, uh, the Mac report. Um, and we just talked about how, like, I didn't cover, watch the hockey season this much, as much as I thought I would, or the past couple of years um, for college hockey. And I miss it. And then when I got the, when UMass is in the frozen four and all that stuff, I got to watch a little bit more games. Um, and I was like, I miss, I get that itch. I really want to get back. I want to get back with, uh, you know, rinkside uh, yeah. and, and, and see the games. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, one of those things when you step away from media and it's one of those things that I, I you know, I, if I stayed in Massachusetts is, is all likelihood still to this day, I'd be sitting next to you at arenas right. uh, in places and watching games and doing that stuff because uh, I would have had the access to it. Now it's not, to me, it's now when we're, you know, we're talking via Zoom right now because you know, I'm not close enough to you to actually do this in person. Plus, we're being safe. In that that, yeah, too, that, that's yeah. the beauty of the pandemic here. One of the best things that ever came out of it was the uh, the boom of Zoom. Yes. Uh, you know, and, and I hate when people say, oh, I'm Zoom fatigued and yeah. I'm Zoomed out. It's like, well, where else are you going to go? I mean, mm-hmm. you want to go somewhere and have a super spreader? Go ahead. All the power yeah. to you. But you're not helping everyone else out here. Nope. And you know what? I think this is going to be a normal thing here on out mm-hmm. uh, for businesses, for companies. Why send someone cross country for to cut a deal? Uh, to do that when you could just set up a zoom meeting it's it you know, makes one sense. one year subscription to zoom is, is cheaper than a plane ticket to fly that person out to that absolutely yeah i mean if you got to go over there fire them cross country in person yeah. i get it or you know yeah. shut down an office that that makes sense but for something else though no this is going to be the new trend here and also people working from home yeah uh you're probably going to see a big shift in that from you know going to the office driving morning commute home commute and so forth decline for traffic and everything uh not that we haven't seen that the last year but it's going to continue and you guys were able to do it at the sports hub too you know having your hosts of your shows be able to be radioed in and 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 do that remote part of it uh and and it became different think about it would have been way easier uh, years ago before the simulcast on TV, whereas you just didn't, you didn't worry about it. Yeah. You just get, set up a remote thing. Like you remote in a, a TV a radio show, right? I mean, you just set it up and you, uh, um, you know, 
set up the equipment and put your headphones yep. on or do a remote. Cause I did that without, when I was, um, when UMass Lowell was in their first NCAA or uh, sorry, uh, hockey East tournament at the, uh, the, um, garden, I was on, uh, ESPN, New Hampshire for the remote at the pregame show at, across the street. Okay. And it was easy. Just set up the remote, not easy, but like easier. You need some right. internet. You put the remote up, you got it all set. That's Nowadays right. you got to have the video chat and all that stuff because right. there's a simulcast and people want to see the, these people's faces. So right. when you watch Felger and Maz in the afternoon and, and Felger's at home and, and right. Maz is in the studio right now, that kind of stuff is like, it, it, it's so much easier now. A right. internet speeds are faster. Oh, <laughs> video quality is better. And then the opportunity yep. to have things like zoom or other, you know, their Cisco's and all the other companies that make these like video chat things make it way easier uh, absolutely. nowadays. So, yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, that's, <clears throat> excuse me. I got a frog in my throat here, Justin, <laughs> too much talking over the weekend. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, no. And that's exactly it. I mean, you can call in six so easy and just have the video ready to go. Boom. Instead of traveling in there, even a snow day, right? You could just do it right from home or, or a hurricane, yep. God forbid. Um, so it's a perfect scenario right there. And, and that's just how it's going to be. I think uh, it's a, it's going to be very common for the whole world. The world really changed in a good way for the most part um, and for healthier precautions, but for technology and communication, it's a big thing. And, and you, you, uh, I, I talked about 95, the sports side, but you're also, we met when you were doing, I mean, you were mainly doing Lowell Spinners PA stuff, right? When I met you, not mainly, yeah. but you were doing pretty much every game. Is that so, every home game? Yeah, I did the Lowell Spinners from um, 2014. Uh, I'm sorry, 2012 until 2014. So three seasons there. And I've been doing public address announcing since high school. Yeah. Um, you know, I started, and you know, I went to Needham High School and did the football, the basketball, hockey. And, and you know, I did the public access stuff too. So some play-by-play -play with that as well. Um, but then I, I, my real big first, my real first big PA job was the Brockton Rocks. Okay. Um, and I did that from 2009 to uh, 2011. And the first season with the Rocks there in 2009, this was during um, the uh, economy crisis. And a lot of people were not spending money there. So the Rocks were trying to really take advantage of a bad economy, mm. lower their ticket prices. But it kind of fell flat in their face because they were losing money, lowering the prices. Yeah. And what also didn't help them, too, out of their control, Mother Nature, it was rain like every day that <laughs> summer. So we had rain delays and people just weren't going out to the games. It was bad. New ownership came in. They did the best they could. And then in 2011, they tried to really spark things up. They brought Bill Buckner in as the manager. So that was really an interesting thing. But you know, unfortunately here, Bill Buckner is still kind of like, yes. you know, a, a goat, not a Tom Brady goat, like yeah. a goat though. But I, I, it was all forgiven after they won the world series. It just didn't yeah. really catch on. Um, so then I went to the spinners. I, I took that opportunity in 2012. Um, that same year I had a tryout with the Red Sox. Um, and I was one of the finalists for that. And, um, I, uh, the spinners were behind me on that there. And, I did a, I was one of the 20 finalists there for the Red Sox. And you know what, it was, it was a great opportunity, uh, but it just didn't, I didn't get it. And I was very lucky to stay with the Lowell Spinners for three good seasons. And it got to meet people like you, Justin. And Yeah, I know. Seriously. You know. I think you, uh, you probably announced, I sponsored a, uh, when I have Mill City Sports, I did sponsor yes! uh, an event I, and I threw a first pitch out. So I think you probably announced that. I mean, yep. I remember that. Yep. Yeah, it, I still have that times. first pitch ball in the, uh, in the uh, living room, my house. Uh, so, yeah. 
yeah, guys like you, Johnny Good, yep. uh, Johnny Boswell, like I said, Matt um, uh, Stein, you yep. know, some really good people and, and, and who I'm still, you know, stay in contact with today. Um, so, yeah, I did the spinners and then, you know, for, for three seasons. And, and when I did um, my last season there, that's when I uh, had just signed on with the Sports Hub. And that was at a time where I was doing radio full time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to surrender uh the spinners the following year in 2015 is just too much of a commitment and as you know like we were talking about with the ufc there being there for 10 hours it's almost the same thing as baseball it's you've got to yeah. be there two hours before first pitch do you gotta get the lineups you gotta get the pronunciations you could have a rain delay you could have extra innings it just oh it's a it's a commitment um so I, I, it was too much. And I, I was very busy with the sports hub and also I was doing WBZ radio. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's interesting how things go full circle because I'm only doing radio part-time now. Um, and, and public address announcing also uh, part-time too, as you know, it's seasonal, but yeah. I have my own business now with, with the sports memorabilia company and been very busy with that for fundraising. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. It, just radio part time and also public address announcing still, which I love. I love doing that. And it's just so much fun. Where are you doing it now? So right now uh, I'm the revolution public address announcer at Gillette Stadium and for the Patriots as well uh, for the marketing for the Patriots. However, this year, this past year, I don't know if you heard, Justin, there was no crowd at Gillette Stadium, right? Yeah, there was no it- crowd there. And that's not because we're a, the Patriots are a bad team this year. Right. And, and you know what? It was probably the best year to not have, have no friends. There. Yeah, exactly. I think they're going to be okay this year, though. They're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. Um, but it, what happened, you know, the marketing PA is you introduce the national anthem. You do reads during television timeouts. Um, you say goodbye at the end. It's, it's a really like a master ceremony thing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And I fell into that because... Um, it was a sad situation in uh, the fall of 2019. I, I had just accepted the Revolution uh, public address announcing position after doing a couple of games for them uh, that prior season. And I was like, all right, that's awesome. So I did that. And then there was a game. Um, I, I had just had a tryout with the Bruins, actually, in October 2019. And um I really, really wanted that Bruins job and uh, the Rev, the Patriots needed uh, someone to fill in to do the marketing public address announcing for the Cleveland Browns game late October 2019. So the gentleman who had done it um, was in the hospital and um, they they asked me the Thursday before, they're like, hey, we heard you did the Bruins, did a great job. We know you're doing the Rebs, but we need someone for the Sunday. Can you do it? I'm like, I'm there. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, great. Well, FedEx, your parking pass. Be here. It was a one o'clock game. So be here by uh, 10 a.m. Uh, and I'm like, beautiful. I'll see you then. So 10 o'clock park, go in there. And I, I had, um, you know, been in the media booth at Gillette Stadium yeah. before. So I've seen all that. But just to actually be behind the microphone up top was like, wow, this is great. Um, and it's where it was for a Patriots game for Patriots. Okay. Yep. So I've done revolution and high school football there, but it was a real whole feel for it. Did the game. Uh, Bill Belichick got his uh, 200th career win. So it was really cool to see that um, the Patriots were away the following week. They were back home the week after that against the Dallas Cowboys. The gentleman who's still 
was uh, his job there. He was still in the hospital. So I said, Mike, need you again. I'm like, I'm there. No problem. Yep. Did the game. And then um, a week later, um, unfortunately, passed away. Um, so they said, we need you to uh, do this the remainder of the season. I'm like, I, yeah, I'm, I, I felt awful yeah. like everyone did, but yeah, I'm just happy to step up, you know, happy to do my part and be a team player. And um, so this year, so I did Tom Brady's last game with the Patriots. I mm -hmm. will, um, you know, and, and I saw his last win with the Patriots too, against Buffalo. And that was a spiral there in 2019, what happened there at the end. But um, you know, it's and as sad as that was there um, with the situation, it's almost, sometimes you have to be in the right place, right time yeah. or whatnot. And, and just, it was a, um, yeah, a team player situation there. And that's what I'm doing. So this year, like I said, long story short, no crowd, there was no need to uh, have ads read in between. So what they did, which was very nice of the Patriots, um, the Patriots said to me, listen, we, your position is not going to happen in 2020. But what we want to do is we want to have you sit in the down and distance with the PA announcer, who is John Rook, a really great guy. John's also the play-by-play uh, -play voice for Providence men's basketball and just a real, real gentleman, real good guy. So the plan was for me to sit with him for the first four games, and then I was going to do the down and distance for the last four games, which I ended up doing. So I did the Baltimore Ravens game on Sunday Night Football, I actually, um, I, I don't, I, I had COVID, so I had to miss the Arizona Cardinals game, but then I did the, um, the Jets game, the final one and the Buffalo game of that Monday night there again, no crowd, but you know, you're doing all this Newton's pass complete to Edelman first down and yeah. all that stuff right there. So that, so I'm essentially his backup. Now they gave me the situation right there in those uh, three games I did. And, um, it was really, it's still something that like, I have to pinch myself every time I walk in there, right? Yeah, and I, it's one of those things I always try to say is 2020, the past 14 months, uh, you know, COVID is no joke. We, 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 it's been serious. We've lost you know, half a million people in this world or in this country. It's no joke. But uh, what I will say is I always like to try to talk to people about silver linings. And the silver linings to me is, you know, there's certain things that have happened in this 2020 or the past 14 months or so um, that we have to look back and go, yeah, that's awesome. I can't believe I got that opportunity. And again, because of COVID, you were yep. able to get the opportunity to do something that likely you may be down the road, but maybe it got sped up for you because of the fact that you didn't have a position uh, yep. in 2020 due to the, due to the COVID. Um, but you were able to slide in there and say, Hey, we want to teach you the backup and you have that backup opportunity. It's also good <laughs> to have someone who knows how to do it. So just in case someone gets sick, exactly. <laughs> I've exactly. always said that every job I've ever had, there's, there's times where it's like, you know, something happens to the person who's the only person who knows how to do that. And then now they're like, oh, crap. Now what do we do? Right, right. So, exactly. Exactly. So, but yeah, silver yeah. linings. You got the opportunity. It, you, you took it and you seized it. And, and, and maybe down the road, other positions open up. Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and, and you know what, Justin? It's, it, people ask me about it all the time. And it really is a dream come true. It's mm -hmm. a dream job. I love it. And, and the revolution have been so good to me. Like, here's the thing, too. So last year, I'll never forget this. My first ever revolution game, it was Saturday, March 7th. 2020 you know where this is going mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so the week going into it uh that monday um what was it uh, february 28th or march yep. 1st whatever it was right there 
we're ready to go and or and like they're sending me some scripts and everything and then tuesday and wednesday the pandemic's starting to pick up here now um they hadn't declared it a pandemic yet yep. but the virus is picking up and they're like uh so listen mls wants us to read these things here during the game uh and it was just like we were making fun of it at the time but obviously yep. now looking back at it, it's like okay it makes sense so some of the reads were like if you feel sick please stay home yeah uh, please wash your hands at all times like are we reading to a kindergartner here yeah, exactly. like well, you know but again this was 10 days before the world changed right and you know we just had to read it over and over they put hand sanitizer out and everything there was a full crowd that was the last time Gillette Stadium had a full crowd there for mm -hmm. uh, an event March 7 2020 and then of course uh, just three days later, the pandemic hits MLS, uh, you know, suspends their season, just like it was part of the domino effect, NBA, mm -hmm. NHL, Major League Baseball, everything. And um, the revs, you know, the, the season did not start up again until July. So they played without a crowd as well. But what they did do, they adapted um, on a welcome back tournament to get the players really loose and everything. They had a welcome back tournament in Orlando. What they did really creative for social distancing and so forth, they had a drive-in, Justin, a drive-in. People could drive onto the field at Gillette Stadium and watch the Revolution game on the Jumbotron from the Orlando. It was so cool. And I have some pictures on my Instagram at Sarge95. You can check it out. It was unbelievable, filled. And we had three of those there, and that was just so good. It was a good feeling to be back uh, yeah. behind a microphone because for three months it's like you got that ripped away from you um and and just so much so many questions with this whole virus and everything too and for the safety of others but that was a really good step in the right direction back to some sort of normalcy and it's something that people don't think about i mean in this whole pandemic you think about certain things but you don't think about like the pa i think about okay so uh you know let's think about basketball whatever jason tatum didn't play in this time because of COVID and they shut down the NBA and they came back with a bubble and all that stuff. But no one thinks a lot of times about the people who work for the arena, uh, the people who work in the parking, uh, the people who do the PA announcing, the people yep. who work in the media, the press box, not the media potentially coming in, but just there's also someone who runs the press box area uh, and all that stuff. So all that stuff stopped too. So it wasn't just that these professional athletes didn't get to play and we didn't have fans in the stadiums. But for a little while there, there was people who didn't get to work because they're the uh, facilitators to the actual, you know, bigger picture, the big game, the arena, the, like I said, and all the way down to the people who do parking, the, the, the police officers who direct traffic uh, yep. outside on the streets, outside of a, of a if, uh, Gillette Stadium or, or, you know, the garden or whoever. So it's been a crazy year in sports, but, I, you know, and it's one of those things that um, Mike McMahon was talking to me about, about Merrimack College, that he was covering games at, uh, you know, uh was it lawler arena and lawler he was arena, in yeah. the um the their blue was it the blue lounge whatever the lounge is up top oh, yeah. that you could eat in and he yeah. had like he had like a whole he's like in that area but he was in one of the suites because they didn't have fans there he had his own suite then <laughs> <laughs> it was like right. he had this, it's like he could like relax and sit back and it was right. like he was like almost don't want to have crowds anymore <laughs> well you know had, and, and yeah even like going to the patriots this year too justin i mean i was home in 15 minutes after a game, yeah, yes. right? You know, I mean, uh, normal time, you're only about two hours after with traffic out of uh, Gillette Stadium. It's insane. <laughs> like, I, I remember, like, looking at the schedule, I'm like, oh, no, Monday night game, Buffalo, yeah. 
but I'm like, actually, if there's no crowd, it's not gonna be that bad. We'll be okay. Um, you know, instead of being home at like three in the morning. So that was the, a good benefit for something like that right there. And actually you could wake up, kind of roll out of bed and go, um, instead of being there three hours before you could probably get away with a two hour before sort yep. of thing. Exactly. So yeah. it's just a crazy year, but like it's uh, looking forward to the future. I think some leagues, like you had mentioned that, that tournament for the MLS and, and, yeah. and the NBA doing a bubble and the NHL doing a, a sort of a bubble. And then having these things has been great. I think these things we've adapted in things that I almost, I was like laughing because like, I almost absolutely loved watching the NBA bubble more than watching the regular NBA season. <laughs> there was something oh, yeah. about neutral courts and all this other stuff that just made it really cool to watch. Um, and then, you know, watching a football game on tv i don't think i noticed as much that their fans weren't there on tv I, I don't know if that was just me um or maybe i was just used to it by the time the nfl started playing this year that i was just used to no crowds that yep. i just that didn't phase me um but uh, i'm excited to see fans go back because that is part of the sport i think part of the uh, uh way athletes play differently Oh, totally. Uh, and it's the opposite, too. I feel like there were stars in NHL and in the NBA who played better in the bu their bubbles than they do with the crowds without the pressure. But then there's other stars that really kind of flopped because they, they feed off the crowd. They feed off that thing, and, and they can't wait for that to come back, too. Right. You know, and, and Justin, I know you asked me what else I'm doing. I'm also doing Providence Men's Hockey public okay. address announcing, too. That's another one I'm doing. And, yeah, they had no crowd this year. So that was really, um, and, and you know, that the Schneider arena is a small one yeah. too. So it's, you're right on top of everyone. Um, so yeah, no crowd there. They feed off that big difference. Um, but you know, I'm a big pro wrestling fan too, Justin, yep. as I just mentioned before and, and WrestleMania was this past weekend and WrestleMania was in front of a live crowd. Um, it was at the, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers stadium, Raymond James stadium, where yep. the Super Bowl was played this year too. Um, this guy by the name of Tom Brady that won, in case you didn't know. Who? But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so th for the first time in over a year, WWE had a live audience, 25,000 people both nights, obviously spread out and everything, but it was really cool to see that uh, live crowd behind the announcer's mm -hmm. desk and, you know, actually getting uh, organic reaction from the audience because right now, they're doing their Monday night Raws and their Friday night Smackdowns in empty stadiums. But what they have, they have this thing called the Thunderdome and it's just LED screens and you and I, so you could be set up on zoom watching your faces right there, Yeah, but it's not the same. Though. same. So, right. You know, so it's not, it's all virtual, but this is just, this is really a, a good, hopefully a good step in the right direction to have that crowd. And, and you just saw it. You could you yeah. could see them feed off of it right there. It's a reaction, getting the booze, the cheers, really good stuff. And, and this is not me saying anything bad about, about pro wrestling to the point where I'm relating it to being fake. But my point is, when I say this conference, this, this statement here, it would be like a play or a performance or a music performance playing to an empty arena. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 there, there is obviously uh, people in the pro wrestling are athletes and they're, they're doing something that I can't do. Uh, it is a sport, but I'm saying is that like, it is one of those things that they do the things they do to get the reaction. Yeah. They're not there to just, like, it's not like you're going into a studio and recording an album. This is like, you're there to actually perform in front of people and you can't do that at the time. But there are also, there's contracts, there's, there's things to do. You have to put these on. Like, yep. you know, there's TV contracts, whereas like you mentioned the Wednesday nights and the Friday nights, there's, there's right. slots. Those need to play. There's, there's things you can't stop doing. Right. Do so well, in it's the a... NBA in the bubble, they did the, the screen thing too. And you right. buy a cutout in the ML major league baseball and right. all and that stuff too. So 
as you know, Justin, in the end, it's uh, money that makes the world go round and mm-hmm. round, right? And um, that's a big thing right there. So, yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 I can't wait for that to happen because I guess I don't have an opportunity right now and I'm having a baby boy uh, in June. So I don't All think right, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, That's sir. That's awesome. Uh, but I'm not, look, I'm not looking that I'm probably going to do anything. This, I'm not going to go to Red Sox game, I think, this summer. I don't think I'll be, you know, um, you know, in the fall even. Maybe next winter going to a Red Sox or um, going to a Celtics game or a Bruins game. But I just don't see myself going to an arena in the next six months or so, a year. But I'm looking forward to seeing that on, on, on TV. I, 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 there's you know, when there's a timeout and they go to commercial, they usually try to focus on someone in the crowd or something like that. And there's nothing there. Yep. It's a lot different to uh, have the experience at home too. So I'm looking forward to that uh, as well. And, and the idea that, you know, I don't like the crowd being involved as much. Yep. I like those yep. clips no, when I hear I, you, man. When a player jumps it, in the crowd and, you know, it's not just right. a chair there or something. Right, like right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm really happy to hear that with, uh, you get a little one on the way, Justin. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm that's excited. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to force him into a sport. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, excited you're... for him to be the athlete I wasn't. <laughs> well, you better take care of him now because he's gonna have to take care of you down the line. So, all right, you know. <laughs> well, I'll just say, like, I wanna, I wanna, like, I love basketball, so I wanna, I, I love hockey, so I wanna say, hey, this is something you should like. But if he says no, cool. I don't want to be the parent who's forcing him into um, becoming a professional athlete because it's something that I wanted all my life, but I never got. So I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that person who does that, that father you right. see that's like the kid's miserable playing baseball, but he's right. loving it because he wanted to play baseball of his life and he didn't. Right. Um, but you also want the best for your kids. Absolutely. So if, if you've got a kid that really wants to play basketball, you want him to be an NBA or WNBA star. Of course. Like, why wouldn't you want that? But you don't want to force them into it because you want. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that would hey, be the fun balance. Can, but you can get him a scholarship, Justin. That's oh, see, the, that's the deal, man. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. Get that scholarship, baby. <laughs> and then and then I was talking to someone else, get him a scholarship to play, you know, a sport in, in, in college or whatever. And then maybe they go yeah. on to coach a sport, a team or or, right. or be a trainer or do media or, or right. something because there's Anything. definitely opportunities out there um, for that. But I, and then and the other part about it is I might have a boy that doesn't like sports at all. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I have to live with that, and that's okay with me. And, and you know what, Justin? Sure. The, the most important thing my parents always said, you know, people always ask, because I'm the oldest of three, okay. and I remember people asking all the time, my two younger brothers were going to be born, and they're always like, what do you want? Do you want a brother or a sister? And I was like, you know, I, I don't really care. And my, I just remember my parents always said, like, as long as it's healthy. That's mm-hmm. all they said all the time. And that's most. That's pretty important if, we can, uh, if it's healthy. That's what I really care for the most. And it's just, yeah, I can't wait. So we're excited. June 6th is the date. Likely, right. obviously, it won't be born on that date, but like yeah. somewhere around there. And we'll have the summer. And I'm glad we, you know, we got my restaurant open and, and going well, I gotta... so that I get past that stress. So now I can just yeah. focus on the stress of having the baby. And I got to, so uh, so. I got to come up and check out your restaurant, man. Yeah. Got what, do you, definitely. What, do you, what do you serve there? We have. Um, we do a lot of burgers, fish tacos, like street. I would say like street food, like stuff you get out of a food truck, but out of a kitchen. Okay. And yep. we are a brewery, so we've got you know 24 draft lines of our beer on and other people's beer on. So uh, you great. own this? I'm the general manager, so I don't Ge- own it, but I'm a general okay. Manager. But that's awesome, though. Good for yeah. you. And what's yes, the name? Of it? I, I, uh, Orna Brewing Company. Okay, so I'm gonna tell Brewing you what, Company. Justin. When you tweet this out, this podcast, yeah. yes, uh, I will not only you know. Re- retweet it but i'm gonna quote tweet it i'm gonna yep. say go see justin at the arno brewing company yep yep Help absolutely so yeah uh, thanks man yeah. it's great we're, we're very oh, happy we're, we're, we're like 
10 minutes, uh, 10 minutes, like seven minutes from the University of Maine. Oh, uh, so it's really cool. Like po- hockey, pre-hockey game crowd, post-hockey game crowd, yep. football crowd, yep. all that stuff. Uh, we watched, uh, we had the TV on on Saturday watching Swayman and Goal. Nice. Uh, who was a UMaine uh, hockey player, and, yep. and he's a big uh, OBC fan, so he loves our beer. Oh, uh, he messages by the us, way, and we're like, yeah. So, and, and very sad about yes. uh, Red uh, Gendron, uh, mm-hmm. the head coach there. Very sad. Uh, that was a rough day, and I think in, in <laughs> around the world, but like, because it wasn't it in the morning time we found out about uh, what Prince, yeah, uh, uh, and then uh, DMX. The the, yep. the what's Prince I can't Phillip. think of. Prince, Prince Philip. Yep. DMX was like it was like early in the morning was Prince Philip, then like noon time was dmx and then yep. at like three o'clock in the afternoon we found out about coach red uh gendron at umaine and it was just like wow Unfor- like un- one un- day of all this yeah stuff. Un- unfortunately justin they say things come in threes yeah. right and, yeah, and it's like you know uh, for anybody who lives in maine and was a fan of uh you know england <laughs> right. rap music from the 90s and umaine hockey was a very bad day for you Tough um one. but yeah. you know what umaine's resilience i mean it's not the first time they dealt with the death of a coach uh, yeah. and, and so it's, Walsh, right? yeah, and, yep. And so I think they're resilient. I think they, they almost somewhat can feed off of this and whoever takes the place, it's going to be, a, it's going to be tough. I mean, the difference is, you know, in, in, in all right, rest in peace, Red Gendron is the team was struggling. Yeah. Uh, they weren't the epitome of the Paul Korea's playing for, for, uh, no. UMaine. Um, so the little difference is that Sean Walsh was an extremely successful coach at UMaine. Right. And anybody who took his spot and filled his shoes, they compared him to him. I don't think many coaches that are coming in right now, people are going to compare him to Red Gendron, right. that person. But like, right. it's still, you were replacing someone who passed away, who didn't quit oh, the job or get fired. Yeah, and it's I a mean, tough job to fill. So, yeah. And you know what, Justin? I mean, I actually just, I lost my dad less than a year ago. And mm-hmm. it's been a very difficult year. He was 66. Mm-hmm. So when I heard Red Gendron 63, it's like, it, it, kind of, it hits home. Like sudden, my father was sudden too. So something like that in that same age range, it's like, oh gosh, terrible. And we were just talking about the masters at work. So like I might, so I'm the general manager and I have a a tasting room manager is what we call her. She's like just below me. Mm -hmm. Uh, She runs like the operations during when we're open and we had the masters on and she's just like, she was talking about, um, you know, what do they get? We we asked her, what do they think they get paid? And she's like $19,000. I go, no, (laughs) good, good one there. (laughs) The winner of the masters gets paid like millions of dollars just to let you know. And she's like, what? And I go, it's kind of funny about golf. It's the sport that a lot of professional athletes retire and play. Oh yeah. And the lucky thing about golfers is they are the ones that are actually get to play that sport that everybody retires and plays. And then literally hours later, we were talking about how red, has passed away on the golf course. Mm-hmm. And I was like, see, people retire from their sports or, you know, pass the sports of actually playing the sport or playing golf. Uh, yep. And it was just sad to hear that, you know, he was probably doing something he loved, like playing golf. Oh, it's awful. Um, but, but also, so I mean, would you, how, is there any other way you'd rather go out than playing a sport you well, love? Well, like, I mean, yeah, if there's any silver lining, you're yep. right. That's a nice way to do it right there for yep. sure. I mean, yeah. I would love to, uh, I mean, God forbid, I hope it's a million years, Justin, yeah. but yeah, if I'm on the golf course and that's right, drop dead, go ahead. Take yeah. the Lord. last memories oh, on earth is, is yeah, the golf got, club. Is, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but you're right. Yeah. It's just really sad though, to hear that though, in that situation right there. Um, I'll tell you though, the masters, you're just talking about that. Uh, I, I was actually just down in Augusta about a month ago, um, Justin, mm-hmm. and there's a friend of mine that lives in, uh, just outside Augusta. So I was visiting them and I parlayed it with the trip to Savannah, which is a beautiful city. Oh, and, beautiful. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. And then another friend of mine's in Charleston. So I was down there too, in South Carolina, but in Augusta, um, have you ever been? I've never been to Augusta now. Okay. Well, let me just paint the picture here for you. 
Route One Saugus, right? Mm-hmm. You know that? Oh, yeah. Yep. It's just like Route One in Saugus, Augusta National. I'm not joking. Right outside the front gate to Augusta National is an Olive Garden restaurant. Yeah. I'm not joking. And it's like, wow, this is so fake, right? Like, yeah. they, it's the most prestigious golf course in the world and um you know so hard to the toughest ticket in the world to get anything to so elite membership and everything there's an you you, anywhere arby's mcdonald's uh burger king there's diners there's uh, chili's tgi fridays gas stations galore uh red roof inn marriott uh holiday inn all right there and then here it is the mass Augusta national right there in that same stretch. Like, are you kidding me? I, I, I was blown away. Um, and you know, you can't even, you can go up to the gate, but you're, you can't see anything. You, you no. just can't see that. Maybe you might see like a, uh, a lawnmower or something, but it just, you know, storing all the equipment and yeah. everything, but that's it. It's way in the back. It's all blocked off. And there is a, a there's a state trooper there to even check in at the security gate they probably have your background check and yeah. you know your whole life story before you even get in there but forget it you're there is no way you're getting into augusta national it's almost like when people visit the pyramids uh people say the same thing it's like you see the pictures of the pyramids uh and and like they're just like pristine these beautiful old pyramids and then you like back up a little bit and you can like sit in a mcdonald's window and look out at the pyramids and there's trash going by and stuff like that you're like yeah whatever you see on the internet about the pictures of the pyramids is not the same as actually visiting the pyramids right uh, because it's a way different experience um but that's funny how you mentioned the the background check uh well at my uh, my restaurant we um we had now first lady uh um jill biden uh doing a uh uh, event up here uh pre-election yep. and um we had a patio we have a patio big patio that fits about 50 people like social distance and so on and okay. so they were trying to do this thing it wasn't open to the public it was this more like um uh, for other business owners in the area like uh, they're doing a small business kind of thing where they each got mm-hmm. their own table it was like a hour-long event uh, uh pre pre-election back in the summer and so we agreed to do it on a day off. We, you know, we had, we had police stationed around and all that stuff, but I was, because I worked for the company and I was there, they had to do a background check for me, um, with the, uh, secret service because of the fact that I was around the building and all that stuff. So it, it, we had secret service at our entire facility for almost an entire day. It was wow. one of the most surreal experiences I've ever been that. Cause I mean, obviously, uh, you do background checks for jobs and all that. Oh, stuff yeah. like that. But like, I never thought, I mean, the background check for the secret service is probably the most intensive background check that I've ever gotten. Oh God. And, yeah. and, and the aspect of like, I didn't want to look, I was like, am I allowed to talk to these people? Can right. I look at them? What am I doing? I don't want to say anything wrong. I don't want to move. I don't want to look at them wrong. I'm like, right, these right. people are like trained to protect these people. And I was just oh, like, yeah. it was one of the most surreal experiences ever. And even my dad, my dad's pretty uh, strong Republican. And I texted him. He's like, that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, ah. like, <laughs> he's like, you know, he was like, you know, I'm not a big, you know, Joe Biden fan, but like, yeah. he goes, uh, that's pretty cool. I'm like, yeah, see, it's a pretty cool experience. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know if I ever want to do it again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Cause yeah, it yeah. was kind of a, a surreal experience, but uh, right, yeah, right. it's one of those things that I don't think uh, it's like a once in a lifetime thing. It's not just the fact that I got to meet, the now first lady, but oh, that's um, pretty awesome, man. But the fact that I was able also to like, like the secret service had to do a background check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, sure no. I wasn't like, did, 
Did they give you any uh, itinerary, like to say you're all good or whatever? No, they just basically. I mean, they would have said you can't come. Like they, that person is not allowed to be. Okay, they have you on a separate yeah. list and everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah. And so yeah. it was like that aspect of it. And then also during the, I was like during pandemic, they checked our temperatures and all that stuff oh, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I mean, sure everything I, was safe, but yeah, because and you know this covering yeah. events and everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, I love getting media passes. It's so cool, you yeah. know, and have all those lanyards and everything. Yep. So I don't know if they gave you anything like from the I had a business card from one of the secret service people oh cool it's like, oh it's one of the highest quality business cards i've ever seen in my entire life is it, is it metal engraved it's, like, and it's basically you know but it had like this emboss <laughs> and silver on it and stuff like that um nice, but nice. to correlate that to you talking about media passes as we get you know you know with the world we're living in i was talking mm -hmm. to a table this after this evening this weekend i mean at the restaurant about different things and they had to bring up 9 11. Mm -hmm. And they brought up how important that day was and so on and so forth. And I said, the only other thing that I think is equal up there, like the one, like the most memorable, most tragic day in my life, um, and that scale was 9-11, right? I mean, remember, we all remember where oh, we were course, and all yeah. that stuff. But right below that is I was gonna, about to cover the Bruins game on the day of the Boston Marathon bombing. Yep. And so I was driving to Boston from where I was living in Haverhill um on you know on the road seeing these police officers flying by me going what the hell i had no idea i don't listen to, you know i don't just turn on the radio randomly i was probably listening to the music or i was probably like zoned out trying to think about the game like trying to think right. about things to talk about and stuff like that and um but when i was getting my media pass and checking in to go into the garden you know how you go into the back of and um they normally like they used to like open your backpack or your your briefcase to look at your laptop and like yeah, you're all set. Like a quick check. Like, right. I mean, come on. It's like they check so many people's bags, and right. most of the time, media is going to be fine. Mm -hmm. So, pre that, they do that. I remember that day, then pulling up my laptop, opening it up. Like, as I was walking on the street up to the garden to get enter it, all the trash cans were empty. Like, they couldn't, you couldn't see into the trash. Like, there's no trash bags. They opened them up so you wouldn't see. Yep. And they're like, they're, they're like patting me down in the secure. I mean, it was like the most. Uh, secure thing and my ex-wife was like you need to come home now it's not safe there and i'm thinking to myself i'm like this is probably the safest place in this area because right, <laughs> they're right. checking everybody so so thoroughly and then we got into the the, the, the dining room there getting our line our dinner and they then eventually said they're not going to play the game due to you know safety right. concerns and obviously out of the respect of the the of fallen course. and stuff like that but like that was probably one of the most surreal media moments of my life was oh the fact my gosh I was about to cover the bruins that night that yeah and, and you were right there that same day that's mm -hmm. incredible um ironically enough too justin um we're coming up on the eight year anniversary of that later this week april 15th so um you know i know we're recording on the 12th it's, but that's this week here yeah you know, and, so. and, you know, it might actually come out come out the day before so it'll be tomorrow because this is gonna come out the 14th but um so there yeah so there yeah, you right go here. That's coming up eight eight years imagine that um that's amazing and, and just the resiliency with everything around that you're right and that's another moment where you were you remember exactly where you were and so forth and uh i was working for wei at the time and also uh, metro traffic it, that was a, the the company there but we were government center mm. i was working the morning shift so i was out of there by one o'clock mm. um, the bombing went off around 245 ish in that time so i was already home at the time but I remember really well, though, Justin, because I was playing golf with a friend of mine and his dad and Needham were playing. And uh, my phone, uh, people were texting me like, hey, are you OK? And I'm like, yeah, what's going on? Because you're playing golf. You get your phone yeah. put away. And I just yeah. checked it after a couple holes or something. And I'm like, what? And then I see a news alert from Channel 5 
bombing Boston Marathon. And it's just like, holy moly. And we were just all in shock and everything. And I remember the the pro um, was uh, driving around and he was like, did you hear what happened? And, you know, obviously we're all in a revenge mode for yep. a couple of days to try to figure out what's going on here and get the people who did this. And yeah, the resiliency, but you're right. You just remember exactly moments like that, where and exactly uh, where and when you were at that time there. Um, it, Cause essentially time does stop. Uh, yeah. And it does. And, and, and to me, it was like one of those things, me living in Haverhill, I went to Boston mm-hmm. for sporting events to cover sporting events. That yep. was it. If I wasn't doing a sporting event there and then unless someone was coming to visit me from out of state, very mm-hmm. rarely was I going from Haverhill to Boston. I was like, I can do what I want in Boston or in Haverhill. Don't need to be in the city that often. So it just happened to be the night. And it was the first Bruins game I ever, ever covered. So it wasn't like a regular going there. I had covered hockey East games at the garden. So I know the whole process, um, but I was covering it for inside hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, uh, so they're like, yeah, come on down. And it was just so crazy. I was like, I was kind of depressed in the same sense, like selfishly. That's amazing. <laughs> the game was bro. canceled. So like, yeah, I didn't no. get to cover it. I ended up in, because I was only covering it because I think it was Scott McLaughlin. Oh, yeah. um, he was not available that night to do it. So I was covering for him. Wow. And so Scott was nice enough later on to say when the game gets rescheduled, that because I was given the opportunity to do that, that I was allowed to go. So I ended up covering the, re- the rescheduled game. Um, which was really nice of him. He didn't have to do that. But the same thing with you when the guy was in the hospital, yep. if he ended up canceling that game, there's a good chance that person was back. Right. You know, they would have been like, okay, we're the guy's back. You know, we don't need you, Sarge. You're all right. set. Right. But it, Scott was nice enough to say, hey, man, if you want to go do that game, you can go do that game. So um, right. and I ended up getting able to cover multiple Bruins games. That's that. The ninth floor of the garden is one of the coolest places I've ever been. I'll tell you that much. I it's love nice. the ninth floor of the garden. Yeah. It, it's cool for, for hockey, especially. And, um, you know, it is far away, yes. like you said, but, uh, it, it is, it is a really cool place to, you know, watch a hockey game and, and you get spaced I, I out think, and food and it's just yeah. it's a nice little area. Yeah. Right. And you know what? I don't think there's really for hockey for that matter. Um, at the garden, there's no bad seat, no. you know, there's no bad seat, but for basketball, for wrestling, for a yep. concert, um, you want to be uh, as close. There's selective seats. Let's put it that yes. way, you know, yes. right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's anywhere for hockey, no bad seat. But, you know, and we could talk sports all day. I mean, we, we haven't, so anybody who's listening to it, we haven't, uh, you know, Mike and I haven't really talked, talk face to face in probably four yeah, or five years. I haven't years seen you in a long time, man. <laughs> I just haven't been around. And, and so, yeah. and so like when I go down to Massachusetts every once in a while, I'll meet up with someone, but like, you know, we'll obviously have to now. We'll have to um, change post, that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So post, uh, post COVID and post me yeah. having a baby. Um, <laughs> but, don't you know, try to we, get any ideas of me uh, changing no diapers, Justin. Yeah, exactly. Right Seriously. Now. I'm going to, what <laughs> I'm going to do is I'm going to drop them off at your place and I'm going to yeah. go see you again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, but my girlfriend would love that. She would yeah, love see, to. Yeah, uh, see, she see. loved to babysit, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but oh, we, yeah, but yeah. The funny thing is, like, it's like because we haven't talked in a while, and we both like to talk, and we both love sports. So I mean, there's times that like the spinners where we had to like, okay, nope, we got to stop talking. We, we have to, we have to actually do our right. job. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Because yeah, we're in the booth and everything. And, <laughs> like, okay, and, oh, oh, the game's about to start. Okay, guys, go go in right. there. We got to exactly, sit down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so sometimes we just have to be like, okay, stop, let's do it. So exactly. Um, but yeah, so we could talk all day, but you know what? I want to get to the bathroom at some point and then <laughs> I want to eat some lunch and stuff like that. But, um, so anything else you want to like pitch right now, anything else you're doing or anything else you want to promote? No, you know what, Justin, I got to tell you real quick. Um, uh, the last year I had to adapt a lot, um, in a virtual way with our, I told you about the sports memorabilia yep. thing. So 
parlayed it, um, which is a lot of fun um, for fundraisers. And we've done this, especially with corporate companies, done a lot of hosted a lot of trivia events and music bingo uh, for fundraisers and companies. It's been it's taken on a full time job of its own, a life of its own. So if you ever need that for yourself yeah. or a company or whatever, we can do it virtually. I've got clients all around the country. It's amazing. Um, so for fundraisers, it's a lot of fun. And just if you want a family night or whatever, happy to do that. It's a COVID safe environment. It brings people together. Um, it's just a lot of fun. And I do trivia weekly Wednesday nights nationwide on Zoom. Um, so if you like that too. But um, yeah, the, uh, the page is uh, Titan Trivia bingo titan trivia uh bingo on facebook and um the email titan trivia bingo at gmail.com but uh check it out right there on facebook titan trivia uh and bingo and i'm trying to think is it music bank and music bank? but yeah it's uh, titan trivia and bingo Google on the facebook yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah if you need me for a voiceover too i can do it for you guys anytime too anywhere hit me up anytime on twitter at sarge 95 and um you know, I'm happy to do that for whatever anyone who's listening for you or your business, yep. your home, all that stuff. Um, but I always appreciate hearing from people and get positive responses. And um, it's nice to hear that people are listening too. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny is to bring it a little full circle. When I did my my Mill City Sports, we did MCS Live, which is the pregame show we did for um, UMass Little Riverhawks on online. Um, the uh, voice of the intro and the voiceover of the intro was Mike Riley. That's uh, right. I remember. And, the- I, and I still think I still have the files somewhere. I have to figure well, it out. Well, um, the heck with that. Why don't you find the script and I'll record a new one for you, Justin. Yeah, right? There you go. See? Yeah. yeah You're but, listening uh, to Mill City Sports. See, it was something like, it was honestly, it was awesome. It was really cool. And I love it. And it was, you were, you were ingrained in the, in the yeah. number of shows that we did. That's how you um, do it, that man. was on. They used to host it on Blog Talk Radio, which I don't even know if there's a thing anymore. Oh, yeah. Um, because I think a lot of people do it either. Um, uh, most people do it via Facebook Live now or like, right. uh, or like Zoom what? and pre-record it. But Yeah, and that's the way to do it. I mean, you can do that. You can do Anchor and yep. your iTunes and everything. Now, everyone yep. seems to have their own podcast, but it works. It's great. Yep. So, so there's so much sweet. content out there. At Sarge, what's your, is, uh, trib- uh, your Twitter? Oh, yeah, at Sarge985. Okay, sweet. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I really appreciate it. Have fun on your next podcast and stuff too. We'll be Justin, in touch. We'll do you, this man. again sometime. We'll do a reunion sometime I, I with some other to. people in the sports industry. It'd be really fun. So I, I would be disappointed if you don't ask again. So <laughs> thanks, man. Thank you, Justin. Take care.